Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Hi, Kim. Hey, Kara. How are you doing today? You know, I'm okay. Hanging in here. My, um, I just took my dog out and threw the Frisbee, and I'm hoping she's done with her after Frisbee. She does this thing where she sits next to me in pants. So I'm just going to apologize to anyone here who hears Labrador panting in the background. It comes from <laughs> a good, wholesome place. <laughs> nice. So she had a good, wholesome morning. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so... We have a really interesting topic today, so I say we dive right in because this is a great topic. What are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about asking better questions, and I think people are probably wondering, like, why are you having this topic? Obviously, we need to ask questions, but the big thing is, is that I found in my business, and I don't know about you, Kim, but the better I am at asking questions to my potential clients, the better I am at fulfilling their needs and understanding where my business needs to go. Absolutely. And you know, I have my little book that I wrote, and I'll give a shameless plug to the little book of big sales moves, which you can buy on my website at bemorebusiness.com for only $10. And that includes shipping and handling. So go buy it right now. But one of the things and one of the reasons why I'm excited about this topic is because my number one selling move is three thoughtful questions. And I will tell you, as I have gone and worked in sales and marketing and business development, I can tell you my ability and art form in asking questions has improved dramatically over the years. And with every improvement of this particular skill, my business gets better, my sales get better, everything gets better, my customer satisfaction gets better. So asking better questions can certainly lead you to a lot of better places. Absolutely. And I think it's one of those things that as business owners, that through practice and through being thoughtful, we can actually get better at it. It's one of those things that we can get better and better at it. And I definitely don't think that business owners, especially when they're having interactions with their clients, that they ask enough questions. No, they don't. And the thing is, is that in particular, when you're doing sales, if you don't ask enough questions or you don't ask the right questions, you end up doing all the selling. And I am just going to read you one little paragraph here from my book about this sales move with the three thoughtful questions. The easiest sales are made when consumers come to the conclusion they need to buy your product or service before you even start your sales pitch. The way to set this easy sale up is to ask them questions that lead them to discover why they need what you're selling. And that is the absolute truth. And in the process of it, it is. you are building rapport with those clients because they finally feel heard, they feel seen, and they are the ones that end up selling themselves. And all you have to do is sit back 
and just simply be more aware of the questions that you ask and lead those questions in the appropriate direction. And your customer will do all of the work to sell themselves. Now, who doesn't want to do that versus pitching and trying to figure out how to manipulate people into buying and worrying about all your sales language when you let them convince themselves you don't have to worry about any of those things. Well, and that's because you're also, you're taking the time to let them tell you their why. You're taking the time to then understand their why. Like, why did they contact you today? There's a reason. And it's not just because they want to give you their credit card, right? There's a bigger emotional or a bigger need that has to be addressed. And taking the time to better understand that is going to help you in so many different ways better meet the needs of your client. So it's going to help you better understand their need. It's going to help you understand why they came to you today. It's going to help you build a relationship between the two of you. I mean, just having a conversation where you're asking questions is relationship building and you're building that rapport with them. It's going to help you provide better results because you actually understand what they need and that you have the solution for it. Or maybe you don't have the solution, but you're going to understand that by taking that time. And finally, it's going to help you look for opportunities where you can meet other needs that they have and other ways that you can add value to their experience. I mean, to me, that creates raving fans when you can ask questions really truly understand where they're coming from and what they need and then provide the appropriate service that fits that. And then you're adding extra value by being able to find other ways that you can help them and other ways that you meet need. They're going to want to come back to you next time. Absolutely. And there's one other little psychological thing I'd like to mention right here. And that is Mm -hmm. that we are all our own favorite subject. As much as we would probably like to deny that, We truly do like talking about ourselves and sharing about our lives. It's what makes us feel connected to everyone around us. And when you, as a person in a business, are taking enough interest in your consumers to ask them questions, whether it be focused on sales or exploration or research, or just simply figuring out if you could have a different or better business process, that is putting them front and center. And every single person on this planet likes to be held in that space from time to time, if not often. So it's really hugely beneficial psychologically to them. And what's funny is that, especially in sales, when you turn your sales system around to asking questions versus giving pitches, your customers feel like they had so much better of an experience and that they learned so much more. But here's the thing. They didn't learn necessarily anything more from you. They learned it all from themselves, which is so cool. Well, and you're asking those questions too, that's helping them identify what their needs are. And they're kind of coming to their own solution by through the communication that they're giving you that they're in need of your service, you know, and and you're able to kind of fill in the gaps. So I love that. I know we want to jump into our big three. So if you're okay with it, I'll just list off our big three. And then I want to do just a little thing on like the different types of questions, if that's okay. Absolutely. Take it away. 
Okay. So our big three today is to start by asking yourself, you know, what is the motivation for asking the question? And we'll dig into that. Number two is ask questions that beg for a longer answer. And number three is become an excellent listener. So one of the things when I was thinking about this episode is I came across a really cool article from the Harvard Business Review that talked about the four different types of questions. And I had never, I don't know about you, Kim, but I had never really thought that that when you're having conversations with people that they're there are different levels of conversation. So the first one is called introductory questions. So that's going to be like your, hi, how are you? Or hello, how are you doing? It's a very simple question, followed by the next set of questions, which is your mirror question. So it might be something like, oh, I'm doing good. How are you? So you're kind of mirroring back to them. Then you have, which I think a lot of conversations do this, you move into your full switch questions, which are the questions that change the topic. So that might be something like, well, tell me why you called today, or how can I help you? Or where did you hear about our services? You're just kind of moving them into the real, what I would consider the meat and potatoes of the conversation that you're about to have, which is your follow-up questions. And these are the ones that we're focusing on today, the most powerful. And they're where, as business owners, we really need to focus on our growth because this is how we get all of the information that we need to provide services to our clients and to really meet their needs. So these are the questions that Let us know that we're listening to them. They're the questions that help us understand more and let our clients know that we want to know more. They're the questions that are going to let our clients know that we actually care about their needs, that we care about their animal and that we're interested in them. And they're the questions that, like Kim was referring to, they're the ones that are going to make people understand that we respect them or help them feel respected and help the client feel heard. So when I started thinking about this, I was like, we absolutely, those follow-up questions, that's where we have to focus this episode. So then you move that into what is your motivation for asking this question? Kim, do you want to take it from there? I do. So I do want to talk about that because here's the thing. Customers know when you're being manipulative at some level. And if you're asking questions with a motivation that is just simply to manipulate them into buying something, the energy in that transaction between you and them is going to be really apparent. So you need to set yourself straight a little bit in finding out what is your motivation for Mm -hmm. asking that question. If you're asking the question because you want to manipulate them into a purchase, it's probably not the right motivation and you need to reset that. Because when you approach questioning from a place of curiosity versus a place of self-gain, then you start to really be able to build rapport with who you're across from. The other thing you need to do when you think about what is your motivation for asking this question, sometimes the motivation is to learn more about that individual, to learn more about their situation so you can better customize what it is that you have in your business Mm -hmm. to serve them. But also we may need to get better questions to get them into the exact right product or right service, or we may need to have motivations to ask detailed questions around things that allow us to deliver for that specific individual. So there's a lot of motivations that are pure and good that are around asking those questions. But I want you to check your ego at the door and check your needs at the door 
when it comes to asking those questions. And the way that you get better at this is by doing that so you can ask questions that are specifically designed and motivated to help that customer achieve something better, whether that's with your product and service or not. Well, yeah, because sometimes that you are literally qualifying them as clients. Like this is your opportunity to determine what their needs are and if they're even a good fit for your business. And you've got to ask questions to determine that. I think a big mistake is when we get people on the phone and we immediately start talking about our process or we immediately start talking about our service. And then we get 10 minutes into the conversation and realize that they don't live anywhere near us. So they're not eligible for our service because we're not going to be able to travel that far. Yeah. Or that, <laughs> you know, for me, I'm, a, I'm someone who photographs people with their horses. I don't supply horses for photography. So I get people that contact me frequently asking me if, you know, I have horses that they can use for their maternity shoot, for example. And if I go through my whole process and then we find out halfway through that they don't have a horse, then I I need to qualify them as actual clients. So I think that's a big piece of it. You're so right. And then, you know, moving into asking questions that beg for a larger answer, that next of our big three, there's so much to that. And one of the biggest things that I have found is it's okay to think about your questions in advance and to prepare some questions to get you started and practice those questions because you do have to get certain information from your clients. And so it's okay to kind of be prepared for that. Absolutely. I am all for thinking up those questions in advance, both the ones that start the conversation and the ones that further the conversation along for that specific client. I do have some things that I do like to say around this subject of asking questions that beg for that longer answer. Because I will tell you one thing, in that longer answer is all the data and information that you need to know to make that customer happy. Now, it may be a choice Mm -hmm. where you say, just like you said, with the qualifying clients, you may say you may be happier somewhere else, (laughs) but you're going to get the data and the information. But the only way for you to do that is to ask open-ended questions. If you ask people yes or no questions, there are questions that can be answered with a yes or a no. Those are called closed-ended questions. When you ask those kind of questions, the person on the other end of that conversation doesn't share any more of their story. And yes or no always comes with shades of gray. So there's always more to the story and a single word is not going to get you everything that you need to know out of particularly a sales conversation. So I always say I want to have open-ended questions. For example, this is one in sales I see a lot of people ask people, well, are you ready to purchase now? Or can I go ahead and fill out the sales form or whatever that case happens to be? Sorry, that doesn't work. People then have a choice between yes or no, and it's a very easy choice for them to make. What you want to do is you want to give them a little bit more latitude and you want to be able to learn along the way. So instead of saying that, you can give them an either or, like, Um, would you like me to wrap that up for you? Or would you like to just go ahead and carry it out as is? Or would you like me to deliver it? So you have a whole like set of choices for them. But even better than that is 
when you ask them a question that gives them an opportunity to go even further. So one of my favorite ways to sort of further that sale, to kind of further that example, would be to say, if you were going to choose a package from my services that we've talked about, which one do you think would be the best fit for you and why? And just ask the and why. And you're going to get a really long answer that's going to fill you in on exactly where they are. And right in that, you're going to learn a bunch of stuff, right? You're going to learn where their pushbacks are. You're going to learn where their motivations, their gain points are, where their pain points are. You're going to learn what their specific goals are. You're going to learn about what they think or need from your service. I mean, it's gold. All of that stuff is gold. A couple of other little tips that I have are also to speak your customer's language. As people who live in industries that have their own vernacular, we tend to talk in our industry slang and vernacular. Our customers don't always share that. So if your customers don't, then you need to talk their language. And always be willing to dig deeper by following up. So when you ask a question and somebody gives you the answer, then I know it's not a good listening skill to listen to respond, but do catch on to where you could respond to that or even better, and this is the even better, ask another question that allows you to dig deeper and follows up on that particular answer that they gave you. That's excellent. And I think about, I mentioned above the practice piece of that. And the reason I say practice is because I do think there is something to be gained for practicing the questions and practicing the words, the actual words that you will use. Like you said, the vernacular there, using that language and getting comfortable using it. Because when you're talking to them, you don't want it to sound like you're quizzing them or that you are interviewing them or that you you want to, or that you're going through a checklist of questions. You know you have questions and you need information, but you want to be able to use a neutral tone, a conversational tone, a friendly tone in order to get there. And the more you can practice those words coming out of your mouth and be comfortable with the language that you want to use, the easier that's going to be for you. I also suggest at this time to be really careful about asking leading questions. Like you really want to get to the root of what the issue is without inputting what you think they need or where you think they're going with that. So by asking questions that aren't leading questions, you can more accurately, I think, get to that point. I also think that when you're thinking about the questions that you're going to ask, you want to structure them so that you are getting in an order of importance and in a way that really kind of naturally leads to your next question. So for example, I might be talking to a potential photography client and I might say something like, well, why don't you tell me a little bit about your horse to kind of get them talking? Like Kim said earlier, people love to talk about themselves. They really, really like to talk about their animals. And And they will talk to you all day about their animals. But then my next step might be after that, well, what do you like to do with your horse? You know, how do you spend your time together? It feels like kind of a fluffy question in that, how does that have to do with photography? But the truth is, is I'm getting to know them. I'm getting to know how they like to spend their time with their horse. I'm getting to know how they value their horse in their life. And all of that comes back to the wall art they might put on their walls one day or how they're going to use their images. So I think about my questions and I'm moving them in a way that gets me to 
another question which might be, well, how would you anticipate using the images that we create together? What spaces in your home do you think would be best to display wall art? So I'm working my way there, but I'm getting there in a way that is really natural and is taking the client through that series of questions. I also say each of your questions should have a purpose. So I'm not just going to randomly start asking questions. Like they need to have a purpose that's all kind of directing them down the road. Does that make sense? What I'm saying, Kim? It does. It does. Because we do have a tendency sometimes to get off on chit chat, especially back in the beginning yeah. of the conversation where you have those four types of questions and you mm-hmm. have the mirror question. Because sometimes the answer to the mirror question yeah. will lead you off the topic, which is really like it can go down a rabbit hole, right? And then you don't get to the topic that you really need to be talking about. But you, as an intelligent person who's listened to this podcast and now knows how to ask better questions, is going to know how to re-guide that conversation right into the place that you want it to go. And then allow it, the important thing is not just to guide it, but then to allow it to go where it needs to go. And I think that brings us to the last and most difficult proposition of this entire podcast episode, and that is to become an excellent listener. Our culture is really built around not listening. We have it drilled into us as kids that we need to respond and we need to respond quickly. And we don't practice a lot of asking questions, but we practice to the nth degree responding. And so as the person who is learning how to ask better questions, a big part of that is learning how to be a better listener, which means that you have to listen more than you talk in these conversations. And that is hard, especially if you're an extrovert. Because being an extrovert, we process everything that we intake through our mouths. In other words, I always say it has zero filter between my ears and my mouth. There's like the filter is so thin because when it comes in, it has to go back out for me to process it completely. But that derails your conversation sometimes. So as an extrovert, we have to practice really hard at learning how to process internally, So, which introverts do naturally. So we need to learn and practice that skill of being able to process without speaking so that we can allow the other person to go ahead and finish talking. And one more point on this, and then I'll, I'll let you take over because you have a good list here for people for learning how to listen better. One of the biggest lessons I had in listening actually came from a fiction book. It's about the Indian nations. It's about Navajos. It's written by, I cannot remember the author's name. I had it right before I opened my mouth. It was in my brain and now it's gone. But he writes books about the Navajo detectives. You all will know who it is if you've read this gentleman. And his name is not important to the conversation. What the important part of the conversation is, is that in Navajo tradition, you don't speak for a certain period of time after somebody else finishes speaking, just in case they want to add something or just in case they're not completed with their thought and they wanted to take a pause to compose themselves. And I really wish we would adopt more of that beautiful tradition into our high-pitched Western culture, gotta get shit done attitudes 
to where we took the time to just simply be quiet and allow the other person to be able to not only complete their thought, but see if there's anything else that they would like to add. Because I can tell you if you practice that, in the end, between when you really want to speak up and respond and you allow it, there's so much. It's when people go deeper, they give you that response because it's what we've been trained to do in our schools. We're trained to give responses quickly and fastly and with as much detail as possible. And we rehearse them and we know them. And then when we get asked that, we sort of regurgitate that response. And then if the person on the other side of the conversation doesn't talk, then we want to fill that space with something and we will fill it with things that are really deep and profound many times if the other person doesn't just jump right in and respond back. And so I think we should try to adapt that more in our world. So take it away, Kara. You've got a you've got some really good suggestions here for listening better. That's such a good point because I think that we do have to give people space to answer our questions. And a lot of times we feel like we have to fill empty space or empty air with something. And sometimes it's just a matter of just giving a little bit of space will prompt them to fill in further details that we need before you even have to ask a follow-up question. So yeah, I think that's such a good point. And I think with that taking the time to recognize how much talking you might be doing in the conversation can be really huge. I find that when I'm talking with potential new clients on the phone, I'll go through my questions and then there's a segment where I say to them, okay, well, let me tell you a little bit about my process and we can then discuss if you feel like that's a good fit for you. And so I will start doing my process and and it can be a little long-winded and I will be aware of that and looking for ways continuously to kind of like ask a question and pull them into that process to determine if it's a good fit for them. But I do find myself continuously kind of now being aware of how much talking I'm doing and trying to find ways to have it more conversational versus me just explaining the process to them. And I also try when I'm going through that, because it can be a long-winded speech for me, to refer back to things that they have told me. So I'm referring back to to maybe areas in their home where they think they might want wall art or concerns they have about their horse or their child being photographed or questions that they had and making sure that I'm answering those when I'm going through that process. Those are probably the biggest things that we haven't covered already, but I just think it's really important if you can take the time to think about and practice being a good listener, it will actually help you ask better questions in the end. And part of that is just because you're spending the time listening, which helps you then understand what you need to ask next. And Kim mentioned also, you know, not thinking about what you're going to say next while they're talking, like actually spend the time listening to them and not trying to rehearse your response that you're about to give them as soon as they quit talking can be really helpful. Like that will come to you when you need it. You know those answers, but you don't need to necessarily think about how you're going to say that, like actually take the time to listen. Absolutely. I think all of those are great tips. And the author's name that I was hunting for is Tony Hillerman. So if you want to read a oh, good. You found it. novel. Yeah, Just Tony Hillerman. 
Yes, just in time. Just in time awesome. to close the Excellent. call. Yes, Tony Hillerman is an awesome author. That's right. So, and you learn a lot of really good listening skills by following some of the things in his books. Okay, so I think that's it for us today then on Asking Better Questions. We hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. A couple things to consider are our big three. What is your motivation for asking the question? Ask questions that beg for longer answers and take the time to really become a good listener. We hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. If you did, please let us know. We love to hear from you over on social media, Instagram and Facebook specifically at The Business Animal. You can find us online at thebusinessanimal.com and on all of the places that you listen. There usually is a place that you can rate, review, you can follow, you can subscribe, and you can download any of those options we love. It helps us get our episodes out to other animal-based business owners just like you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.